0: and we're recording hey tj how's it going it's going well man
1: this is totally different now this is the first time since we started recording that we're in the same room yeah at the same time it's crazy and it feels like we have a little studio here we got little fancy mics little mic stands the coolest headphones i've ever worn these things feel like like a Lamborghini seats, I guess. I think that's what.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see it. They're very comfortable in my head. They're very, very comfy on the ears. They don't hurt. Yeah. So this all is right. all a uh, cor- cor- courtesy to my friend, courtesy to my friend, Austin McDowell. Hello. Hello. How's it
2: going, Austin? I'm doing well. Yeah. We're in my little, uh, I don't know. What do we call it?
1: Bedroom St- studio? Yes. Studio apartment. St- yeah. Studio yeah, yeah. apartment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Recording
1: here. Yet to be named. So we'll, we'll see if it earns a name after this episode. It should. Definitely should guess i'm already finding out like recording live like i guess live is so much better than remote because i can look at you in the eyes yeah i can give you like little hand signals
0: yeah it's cool it's also we can like read each other's emotions a little bit more yeah it's crazy
1: the surprise yeah that, but i'm there, just
0: like smiling ear to ear right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing a, a pre-show for about a, an hour now just yeah. trying to figure out everything and it, it's so much better it, it's it's amazing so uh, we're just going to fly to uh, a central location every week now. Every week. We just
0: yeah. go to Oklahoma. It's yeah. middle ground. We're just
1: going to hit a little Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> bam don't halfway. I like that. I'll yeah. just kind
2: of tag along.
0: Yeah, it's work, man. <laughs> we're going to get the van. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I got some follow-up. Okay. So, Shane, in uh, the last episode, not the, the last last episode, but the one that we recorded with Scott, uh, you laughed at me. When I gave them my pick of the week, that's not very descriptive. <laughs> I, I need, uh,
1: yeah, I need need more details on this. So
0: what happened was I recommended TextMate two as my oh favorite. yeah, It's a flower icon, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A flower icon. Mm-hmm. And I said it's a it's it's not too it's a it's it's a recent version. Um, this app was released seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you found that kind of funny. Oh yeah, still yeah. do. So here's my uh, my my follow up. Edit's initial release was April twelfth, nineteen ninety two. 27 years ago. It is still in active development and being used.
1: What year were you born?
0: 1993. Okay. just wondering. (laughs) Uh, TextMate's uh, uh, TextMate's initial release was October 5th, 2004. This is TextMate 1. Okay. 15 years ago. And then Vim's initial release was in 1991. They don't know what day it was initially released. Wow. So it is fairly recent. It's just not as new as VS Code. What was VI? When was that created? Oh, VI was like the 1970s. Jeez. It, It was like old school Unix text editor. Real-time file follow-up. Let's figure out what it is.
1: Racing. Wikipedia. VI. 1972. Did you really?
0: It's my guess. It oh. Feels <laughs> <under>. <laughs> it was
1: 1976. That's 44 wow. years ago. The text editor that I used this morning is 44 years old. Used VI instead of Vim? No, I didn't. I used
0: Vim. Okay. You, you just
1: call me out and, dang
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, there are versions of Linux that still ship with VI and not Vim, which I find interesting.
1: Hmm, what was the last one I used? It was like a Ubuntu or something. Yeah, that, those come with the like BI. like a server version that yeah. didn't
0: have vim installed. You have to custom install that.
1: Hmm. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. All right. Any other follow up? Um, I believe that's it. Yeah, that's all the follow up I got so far.
1: I got a quick little follow up, and then we can start hitting the actual show. All right. Um, last last week or week? I don't know. It all blurs together now. Last time we got together, I was telling you about my new server um, that I set up, and I was using. DigitalOcean? I was using DigitalOcean, and I was using that platform as a service. CapRover. CapRover. I was showing you. that to Austin this morning. I was playing with that today. That thing is it's getting cooler and cooler every day. I wanted to set up a Minecraft server, so I copy-pasted like 10 lines of, of Docker file yeah, and hit run, and then I had a server running.
0: Oh, my God.
1: It was so cool. And then it's all like you can kill the server and bring it back up and reboot it and everything, and you still have the, a copy of it. It's just so fast to be able to add things. And if there's ever a vulnerability or a virus or anything, I can just wipe it out and restore from a backup or restore from this,
0: you know, twelve line Docker file, and I'm I'm good to go. You're good to go. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I I kind of have a. I was showing this to Austin this morning because we were talking about his iPad. Mm-hmm. He has an 11 inch iPad Pro. The thing is beautiful. It makes me want to get rid of my Mac and just use an iPad. And he was asking how would I code on this, and I was like. Caprover, because oh. you showed me your VS Code oh, instance. I thought this was going to be a segue back into like TextMate for
1: iPad or something.
0: No. Oh, so um, I like spun up a VS Code instance inside Caprover. Nice. In like well, a few seconds. And I was, like that could be run on an iPad and you'd have a full VS Code instance. Did, were, did you test it? We didn't did test it, it. We haven't tested it yet. I think it might work. I think it would. We should wow. test it in the next follow up. Just... Uh, we should. Right. Yeah. Give it a follow up and talk about it next episode. I like this. Yeah. So, but for real, this iPad Pro is. Beautiful, it's one cool. of the sexiest pieces of hardware I've ever seen. It's just fun to look at, oh yeah like, like it it feels like
1: like my ideal tablet, which would be like one of those clipboards, except if you just took off the clipboard piece of the top or the little clip yeah. so it wouldn't scratch anything. It was just like the wooden piece of what's it, eight and a half by eleven mm-hmm. that's my perfect size tablet's perfect size or perfect weight for a tablet, and that clip tablet is getting pretty close to it, mm-hmm. yeah
2: it might sound weird to say. But it has a, a strange, like physical presence. It's like my son. I don't. I don't know how to explain it, but I
0: lo- I love him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love that. Can you tell us about like? Because I remember when you had a MacBook Pro. Because you and I would always work with each other, like in coffee shops and whatnot. Um, for the listeners, Austin and I ran a business together for two years. So like we worked all the time, and then you know as we moved on. Austin ended up getting rid of his MacBook pro. He ended up buying a PC for gaming, but then he has this iPad. He no longer has a Mac. Can you tell us about like the transition and what it's like not having like the full fledged Mac OS, but you're using this for like everyday productivity.
2: Yeah. You know, I think I would want to start off with the pain points. I mean, there, there are some challenges, uh, you know, you have to overcome some things like it being more difficult to write code. Yeah. You know, some issues like that. Um, You know, a lot of times there are tools that are built for the iOS platform um, that might be better suited for maybe like the iPhone um, that aren't fully, uh, you know, figured out for for iPad. Um, That can be a little frustrating at times. But for the most part, I think the transition was really easy. I mean, uh, you know, iPads are built to not be cumbersome. They're extremely portable. Um, It comes with a lot of tools built in that are um, really thoughtfully, uh, produced. And, um, for me, I mean, my, my career path, I'm primarily an artist now with things that I do, whether I'm editing audio or I'm doing filmmaking or, um, even things like logo design and, and, and stuff like that, it becomes really easy. And, you know, we have the, the Apple pencil. Um, and yeah, I don't, I've, I've loved it. I loved every second of it. I think, there are times when you know a 13 inch or even a 16 inch MacBook Pro like the one that you have right now, yeah. would be better suited as a business tool. Um, but you you have to love the the portability of this thing and just I mean, it, there's something about how it feels too when you're holding it and how yeah. beautiful the screen is and all of that that just just feels right you know it feels yeah. good so something to be said yeah. about that
0: too i mean that's our dream i think shane like would you agree like we would love to just be carrying around an ipads doing everything there oh yeah if, if that had the ability
1: to um if i could just stretch it when i needed it and then squish it back when i'm done yeah, yeah. and a, i could plug in a mouse and keyboard like that that's it that's the form factor i want because yeah. most of the time i could just use the tablet but it's just missing some software it's just software like the hardware's there. honestly
2: it's the files app if they can figure out the files <laughs> app a little bit better, yeah. we're, we'd be good to go, yeah. you know, and it can be kind of annoying that we have one, uh, spot to plug things in. Yeah. That's a little yeah. frustrating at times, but you, you know, you get a dongle and you can figure that issue out. It's like right now, you know, we're recording via this, uh, blue Yeti mic directly into my iPad. And if I wanted to charge this thing at the same time, I can't, yeah, you can't do it. You know, and yeah. that, that's kind of frustrating too. Um. Uh, but I mean, people there are there are professional music producers who are working exclusively off of an iPad. Really, I did not know there this. are architects that work exclusively off of an iPad.
0: You know, like it's it's got some crazy tools that are just incredible. Yeah, see that makes that makes me question Apple. It's like you you have music producers and architects who are able to run their entire business off of an iPad. Why can't I, as a software developer? Okay,
1: speaking of that. Recently, there were were a couple of findings in the most recent beta of iOS. One of them being like, I believe it was like a uh, a remote um, restoral program or something where you could restore your iPad from the internet or from another device instead of using the Mac. So in, in the past, if you wanted to truly fix an iPad that was bricked, you'd have to plug it into a computer. Yes. But if they go low enough, you know, if they go low enough and they give you a, an ability that's not going to get bricked itself, that you can you know, restore an iPad, then you don't need a computer. The second one was uh, an app to see. It was called like Xcode Previews or something that they found in the beta that lets you see, we believe, see a, an Xcode app running on an iPad live. Not, wow. I don't know if this is actually going to ship, but WWDC is here in a couple of months. As long as it's not canceled. Yes. <laughs> Coronavirus. Coronavirus.
2: I mean, that's kind of something we were talking about earlier today was, you know, how can Apple say that the iPad is a direct replacement to, you know, your everyday all-in-one computer, but you can't write software for its own platform yeah. on it? That's confusing. That's very Hopefully confusing. Hopefully we get
0: there. Yeah, yeah. we will. That's the, that's the goal. Like, I would I would love to do all my development in iOS. It's just it's such a great experience. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I I'm enjoying Mac OS again. I think having on a really good piece of hardware, like I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I enjoy a lot of the apps on it, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have the intimacy that iOS does, you know, that I have with my phone, you know, like the iPhone almost feels like an extension, of my everyday life it's a personal computer it is a personal computer it's more personal than this because this is just development device at this point mm-hmm. now if i could combine those two into an ipad and have both of them that's the goal are you going to mix your work with your play and then it's always work or does the ipad allow you to have some separation right now i have a really good separation because this is an almost exclusively work device when running mac os this is exclusively a home device.
1: I see what you did there. You said when running yeah. Mac OS. No, when running Mac uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh.
0: When I boot when I this thing into Windows, yeah, to play video games, yeah, it's completely different. <laughs> but it's almost like a whole different computer at that point. Right. You know, the hardware is the same, but the software is completely different. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now, good extin- uh, distinction there, excuse me. That MacBook Pro business tool, yeah. iPad, feels more like a, an extension of your, your personal life. That's a really good yeah. way to, to put that.
1: Yeah. Nice. Okay. I want to talk about podcasting because I'm hearing you all talk and I have these sweet headphones on. I just can't stop talking about them, but I wanted to get some, some insight from you, Austin about why, why are we here? What are we doing? Like, how did this even happen? Yeah. Good question.
0: (laughs) Where do we start? Well, let's Uh, talk, let's talk about these headphones. Tell us about these glorious headphones.
2: Yeah. So what you guys are wearing um, now let's, let's, fill them in on our setup here. Okay. We have two of these studio headphones. Um, You both are wearing them. I'm not, which is kind of a nice little test here. We have two of these road pod mics, which are both dynamic microphones. Okay. um, Which we can get into what that means. Yeah. Um, They are XLR microphones versus uh, digital microphones that would be plugged in via USB. Um, We have everything on stands. You guys are sitting in chairs. You're feeling comfortable. What we've done is we've created an environment, a very creative environment in which all three of us can come together, be here face to face. And it sounds cool. It feels cool. And, uh, just creates a very, I, I don't know how else to explain it other than it, just a comfortable yeah. environment. It right.
1: just feels right. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. 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 It, there's like zero stress right now. I right. feel totally relaxed. Yep. Sound awesome.
0: Yeah. That's, and that's one of the things that we find very different when we're recording at home using Sincaster is do, do our, Sound levels sound right. You know we were able to see each other on Google Hangouts. You know, but yeah. it's different. It's not the same. It's just this is a very comfortable environment to be recording the show.
1: How are we getting mixed? What is this? What is this big? This big lady boy. Yeah. Yes. This octopus of cables that are sitting on the table here. What is this thing? It's
2: kind of fun to to figure out this this process. So we're using the uh, Zoom LiveTrack L8 mixer. It has six inputs, so we can technically record up to six different people there are ways to kind of to finagle it to do more, but that's what it's built for. Um, for audio out, including a master, and um, we're able to adjust everything from um, every individual person in your ears um, to different mixes, different scenes. Um, so if I were to go record tomorrow with a separate podcast, I could save this scene, build a brand new one that's EQ'd for different voices, different people, switch to that and save that as well. Wow, um, it's pretty neat, and we are currently recording into SD, but have the option to also simultaneously record into a computer at the same time via USB and run off of battery for up to I think two hours. So, wow, a pretty cool piece of hardware there. That's a
0: super cool piece of hardware. Yeah, like this is what we would take to something like 360 if mm-hmm. we wanted to record there as well. You know, same yeah. with these microphones because these things are. These it's things
2: nice. are And so Shane and TJ's audio is being recorded into the mixer. My audio is being recorded into the iPad via the uh, blue yeti, so we'll do a nice little comparison maybe. yeah,
0: yeah. tell yeah. us about the pod mic?
2: So the pod mic is a dynamic microphone. There are two main different types of dy- uh, of microphones: one is dynamic and one is condenser. Dynamic are built in a special way. The pattern that they have uh, creates separation between ambient noise. And the noise that's going directly into the microphone. So, TJ, do that, do that test you were doing side okay. to side.
0: Um, <laughs> okay, um. that's
2: good. <laughs> yeah, so what we're doing is we're cutting out all ambient noise. So anything that's on the side, anything that's behind the microphone will, will not be uh, caught by the microphone. Right. And that's really nice for any environment in which you can't control um, ambient noise. And so, and, and there's a lot that plays into that right now, TJ is sitting in kind of like a little alcove in my bedroom in which uh, studio, studio, studio. TJ is sitting in a little alcove uh, in my studio <laughs> where three feet above his head is a, a short ceiling um, yeah. and he's sitting above hardwood floor that creates weird audio issues. We have parallel walls on the side that creates audio issues. Um, And so we don't have a lot of control over, over the sound and and how we shape it. And so we take control back by using dynamic microphones just like this. Now we do have the condenser microphones, which are different. And this, this Yeti blue Yeti, which I can speak closer into um, is closer to what a, a condenser microphone would be. And they specialize in, in capturing a lot more of the quality and the diversity in, in sound. Right, And so you're going to get a little bit more richness, a little bit more beauty out of them, but it's going to pick up everything else. So you, you're going to hear um, you know, people walking above you. You're going to hear a sneeze from the next room over, and we want to avoid that.
0: That makes sense. So what you're telling me is that these Rode Pod mics are the microphones that I need to have when there's a potential baby Crying yes. Two rooms over. Oh yeah. So I need you to help me convince Jenny to have no qualms about me getting one right, of these. Right, right. Convince the wife. That's my job. Great. That's, yeah. I need <laughs> you to help me out there, bud. <laughs> Along with the headphones and the and the the amp and all that too. Yeah. You know? Right. And right. a stand. <laughs>
2: it's a business expense. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's a business
0: expense. <laughs> we don't do these shows for free. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Shane's over here giving Whoa. me the look. <laughs> I don't know. No, this is just
1: just really cool. Yeah, man, I just like I just like how I sound. You sound really good. Okay, enough talking about me. Um, let's talk about me. Um,
0: not really. Um, TJ, you have some other stuff in the follow up or not follow up in our show notes. Can- I, I did. I wanted to talk about the idea of combining the iPad and the Mac, where we've heard a few a few rumblings of ARM based Macs. And I'm curious to see what you two think of something like that. Because that's a that's a potential huge jump. Similar to the one that we had when we moved from PowerPC to Intel. So right now you can get I think
1: it's the Windows Surface X, is that the name of it? That sounds right. Let me real time follow up that. The new surface that runs the Windows the ARM version of Windows. And it'll take X eighty six apps. And then run it through some type of some type of emulator to let them run. Really, but it's getting mixed reviews. But Microsoft is already doing this; they're they're going through that transition to go from Intel or, or AMD over to ARM. So we're we're seeing it happen there, and the same thing will happen with the Mac. It's a hundred percent going to happen, and you'll have a little painful transition period. However, for the last several years, Apple has been pushing us to. They've been disabling things in the operating system, causing us to have to make app updates. Yeah. And then one of the things that they that they do in the SDK is there's an option called bit code where I can compile or I can give app whenever I submit my app to the app store, I can give them just a little bit of, of knowledge so that they can recompile it for other
0: Oh, that's interesting. Other things.
1: And now I don't know if it'll go fully from x86 to ARM with that bit code, but by the time that they have an, uh, an ARM processor out there on a Mac, that will be in full swing. So I will compile it once; it'll just run everywhere. Also, we're seeing the same stuff with Catalyst. We're seeing Catalyst run iPad apps that have been modified on the Mac, and they're it's running on x86 on the Mac, but ARM on the iPad. So they're already starting. You're starting to see software that, that as far as the developers concerned, they write it once; it runs on both types of platforms. So Apple's already there. That's just,
0: crazy. So two things. Uh, it is the Surface Pro X, and it has the Microsoft SQ1 processor, which is ARM based. Mm, yeah. It's the first I've heard about that. I thought that Windows on ARM died. I didn't realize that they were still they still had that initiative going. But it's super cool. This is zombie version, I guess.
1: This is the it's
0: it's, it's resurrected. Um, yeah. Well, so they had a version called Windows RT, which was the Windows 8 version mm-hmm. of an ARM. You know, in, well, yeah, it was Windows 8 on ARM. Um, I didn't realize that they had a Windows 10 version. So, apparently they do. Now, do you think that Apple would try and do something like Arm-based Macs can only run Catalyst applications? Mm. Like, try and really push that initiative to only have Catalyst applications run on Mac OS. That would be strange.
1: All of the de- all of the developer tools run in command line, or a lot of them do. Yes. And those already run on iPhone. Like, you can get mm-hmm. them recompiled. So, as far as developer t- tools or command line, you're good. And then GUI apps... If they write them with Xcode, which you probably do on the Mac, you're good. Electron apps yeah. should be able to be switched over really quickly. Was that a Google Home?
0: No, that's the Alexa.
1: Oh, that's Alexa? It's Sonos. Oh, it's a Sonos? Okay.
2: Sorry, she doesn't. She won't respond to Alexa, but she'll respond to any other random word.
1: <laughs> I have some I want some thoughts on, on smart homes I want to talk to after we talk about this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have no idea what we were talking about. Oh, we
0: were talking <laughs> we were- about... <laughs> we were talking about um catalyst on like, oh, yeah. catalyst only on arm yeah which that would be interesting um and i had a thought that i wanted to go with it but it, it is escaping me but
1: if moment. they use the bit code and and everything that we send to the store there there's an arm version then on day 1 they can immediately start off with all of that software plus catalyst software plus all the command line stuff that's already been converted so then it would just be third party apps or small internal company apps that aren't converted yet yeah but i think you know, with enough pressure that'll could happen. happen. Yeah. yeah. I'm also curious
0: to see what Xcode 12 looks like.
1: Um, I wonder if it's going to be on iPad. I think
0: yeah.
1: we're going we'll be four months away. Was yeah.
0: It? It's in what? June. Yeah. Just a couple yeah. months away from there could be Xcode on an iPad. Dude, my baby's going to be here by then. That's going to be weird. That's going to be my first WWDC with a baby. Rename baby Xcode? Yeah. <laughs> baby Xcode.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Jenny. Baby time.
0: But yeah, Once this WWDC comes around, I'm gonna actually have a baby in the house, and that's crazy. First WWDC where, you know, we have a baby. That's crazy to think about, man.
1: It's gonna it's gonna change everything. I find that with the baby, I'm less picky about my gear and how nice they are. Or, I guess you get like beaten down. Like before, I couldn't have any fingerprints on my screen, and now as soon as they come near me everything that they have is sticky and then they just start touching everything. And like I'll hand my two year old, the iPad, which is a terrible move after she took my Apple watch, which follow up. I, I don't know where that's at yet. <laughs> the iPad, I'll, I'll get it back every single time. And there's stuff everywhere. It's like, how did you, what, what? But yeah, it.
0: Yeah. So how, what do you do about, do they just not touch the 16 inch MacBook pro? I clean it every day. Oh, you clean it every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I probably got at least a year before I have to start worrying too much about that.
1: Well, they're going to do the, the little surprises for you. So everything's going good, everything's green light, and all of a sudden there's like a, a bomb of, from one end of this baby. And depending on where your gear's at, you oh, know, true. The waterproof iPhone is great. Yeah. The iPad, pretty good. You put that in the ziploc baggie or something, you'll be okay. Yeah. But uh, I think you'll be okay. But. Okay. Yeah.
0: There's going to be uh, plenty of questions for you later as time goes on. Things are going to get messy. Yeah, things are going to continue to get messy. All right. Um, Apple is no longer respecting 24-month SSL certificates in Safari. So, for the listener, I don't know what you just said. Okay. I didn't expect them to. So, (laughs) an SSL certificate is essentially an agreement between your browser and a website saying, I am who I say that I am. And companies can buy certifications uh, well, certificates is what they would be to essentially have a third party verify that, yes, they are indeed who they say they are. And you can trust this certificate. Um, it used to be, I believe, that the max that you could buy them for was 24 months. So you had 24 months to be able to you know, have a valid certification. Um, Apple no longer respects that in Safari. And they have dropped it to 13 months. Starting now or yeah, in the start, future? Starting now. My sites are gonna break. Okay, I have homework to do. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah, a few ways that you can do it. Um you use something like let's encrypt. Right. You know, I mean that's a great, great tool. Otherwise, yeah, if you're buying twenty four month uh twenty four month subscri- uh geez, I can't can't say it. it's not cert- subscriptions, it's certifications. Not even that, it's certificates. <laughs> so these certificates,
1: that's how you get the little lock or that little symbol in your address bar that says that this right. site is secure. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a padlock or something. And typically they've been a pain to To update. Yes. And our tooling has not been the best as far as updating. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the sites that go down that are higher profile will be something silly like their certificate expired. Right. But since Let's Encrypt started, which is funded by Facebook and Mozilla and all these giant companies, they've, uh, I think they they default you to 30 days or something, something very small. It's
0: very, very, very short.
1: So our tooling to create and update our certificates quicker has already started to happen. And so all of my new sites now all have Let's Encrypt, and they auto-renew every 30 days. So I'm not going to have this problem with my new stuff. But my old websites that are on, like, two- or five-year certificates, I don't remember how to update them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to have to update a bunch of stuff.
0: Why do you think the tooling has been so bad? Because you don't do it very often. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Cool. Well, I guess overall it's a good thing because requiring that you get these certificates more often you know is is better security like you're going you know for a fact that within the past 13 months these people are who they say they are right so at the end of the day it is good but for people who have to implement and download and create these certificates it is a little bit more for webmasters if you will is a bit more webmasters webmasters
1: apple has been pushing this uh um this what are they called ATS app transport security yes. in whenever you develop apps that require you to have HTTPS or the certificates. And now they're forcing you to update them every 13 months. So if I have an app and I, and as a developer, I quit updating it and I don't update my certs or you know, every 30 days or something. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of apps that normally would have just continued to work for a couple of years. Just drop off after 13 yeah. months. Unless developers jump in there and fix them. Yeah. Interesting.
0: I wonder if those would just get removed from the app or like would Apple remove them because they no longer hmm. like they're, they're just no longer working. I don't know. Uh,
1: if there's enough complaints, probably. Probably. But I've had apps in there for many, many years that didn't have any complaints and didn't function
0: 100%. Really? Okay. And they still left them. All right. Well, yeah. then good to know. Yeah. Let's talk about smart home routines with Alexa. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> okay. Okay, now it's gonna do it. <laughs> oh, sorry, Alexa, Please try a
1: just leave us alone. So I've been buying Alexa stuff for—I'm sorry—I said her name again—for a long time. And for Christmas, I went out and bought a bunch more things. Um, these little uh, uh, Amazon Echo Flex or something—these tiny little devices you plug into a power outlet. Yeah. I forgot that I bought them. Cool. I mean, or yeah, I bought them. Santa didn't bring them. I bought them. And I bought them for Megan and she didn't know what they were and they were, were in a box and then we were doing some cleaning and I found them the other day, but one of them, so it's, it's a tiny Alexa with a terrible speaker. So you don't want to use it for music, but it can receive the voice commands. And then on the bottom, you can plug in, it's modular. You can plug in a nightlight or you can plug in a motion detector. So I plugged in the motion detector and I put it downstairs by the front door. And then with the other one I have, and they're cheap, they're like 20 bucks each or something. I have the nightlight and I plugged it into the bottom. And and now with uh, Alexa routines, they're getting really good. Like I can say after midnight, if there's motion downstairs, change the nightlight color in the Alexa in my office to red and then have it audibly say intruder alert and then have it email me and then have it. You know, open the garage door and and turn on the temp, change the temperature at the house, and you can do all of these things. Now it's all connected with these things called routines. I didn't know what they were until yesterday. Really? So yeah, my house is is getting really cool. I can walk in and I can say, you know, turn the the lights on in uh, the office to blue, or or if I get an email from somebody specific, I could change the light color in a room, or I could. Yeah, it's so cool.
0: That's super cool. Yeah,
1: I I don't know what I am going to do with all these things, but. I like being able to do them.
0: That's super nifty. So at work, it's kind of kind of the same vein. We finally were able to get a we had a Amazon Deep Lens, AWS Deep Lens camera. Have you heard of those? I think you talked about it, yeah. Yeah. It's like a two hundred fifty dollar camera that has machine learning in it. And we were able to get it to the point where if it detects a person, it like turns lights on and off on like in, in the office hallway and stuff. Super cool. But then now if we could do something like this, like if I could get some of these and have like us, like a dumbed down version of it at home that yeah. could do like all sorts of cool stuff, that would be nifty.
1: But mixing this with other things like thermometers, like if it gets too cold in your baby's room, things could start happening. Right. If, um, you know, the, they also have a thing called Alexa guard. I think I've talked about this in the past, but if your Alexa hears a smoke detector going off or glass breaking from a window, it can do things. So combining all of these together, I'm gonna have a very good little security system, or I could just get a dog. Like, I could... or you could just get both a dog. are valid options. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's good stuff.
2: Have you guys heard of the YouTube channel Smarter Every Day? No, really, really cool guy. Um, he, I believe, he was an engineer or something, and so he he spends a lot of time with different experts, and he'll go to NASA and you know places like that, and he'll learn about rocket propulsion or whatever it may be. The other day, he posted a video. He worked with a guy, I believe, out of the School of Mines. I'm, I'm going to have to... That has to be fact-checked. But the guy is working on tools in which you can use lasers to speak to home devices. And so there are things like... Um, like You'll have the um, home device for your garage door opener. And you can shine a laser from like a quarter mile away and use software to... Uh, I think it works via little pulses and it communicates, um, and test like a four, four digit passcode Yeah. over and over and over again until it gets it right. And it'll just do, it'll start at zero, 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 and it'll work through or whatever you set it at. Um, eventually get the password correct, open up the garage, enter someone's house.
1: Yeah. That's not good. So you just yeah. described very smart burglar burglars. Yeah. Bur- burglars, 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 burglars. Yeah,
2: every every home device has these little they have little microphones and then little light diode sensors, and that's what that's they're crazy. they're kind of
1: hacking in a way. Oh, this is not good. It's, so yeah. I need a Jill, okay, Megan. We need to get smart blinds, and we're gonna turn huh. like we're gonna connect them all up, but we're gonna cover up these sensors so that we can just close all the blinds in the house.
2: There you go. Avoid the problem by introducing more. <laughs> more smart- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, in all reality, you know, the people who are smart enough to write the code to, to, to break in, it's not going to ever happen. But it is possible, and it's it's, yeah, and it's an important thing to talk about. with yeah. guys, So
0: most definitely.
1: Man, they're getting smarter every day. <laughs> 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 dun, dun,
0: dun. Dun, dun. Um, I wanted to, to kind of take that and segue into this thought I've been having about HomeKit. Oh, I'm, yeah. I feel like HomeKit has not taken off the way that I would have expected it to. And I was listening to uh, Leo Laporte the other day talking about how some of these smart devices are very strange. When I mean, it's not like some from a company like Amazon, if you will, where like you have this ecosystem of the Alexa's, right? You know, they're all connected. They can they all work together. There's a very smart Alexa app. It's the ecosystem, just like Apple has their ecosystem, right? Then you have these HomeKit enabled apps, which oftentimes they will kind of sort of connect to the HomeKit app themselves, but then they also have like their own app. Right. You know, and it's very, um, it's, it's, it's very, it's not a very well coordinated ecosystem. If that makes sense.
1: My pick of the week is a light bulb that I was describing a minute ago in one of my routines. And, it's, and so I'm not going to mention it yet, but that light bulb has its own app. Yeah. But it also works with the a word with, with her. Okay. It does not work with home Interesting. All of the devices I have on HomeKit also work with the A-Word. And the A1, you know, Alexa, I mean, she is just, she has full, she, she's one. All of my devices work with her. And I'm getting to the point now where I can't make a cool routine with HomeKit. I can do that with Alexa. Yeah. She can do everything. Like, she can connect to my garage door, my thermostat, my my sprinkler system, my lights in the house, the fireplace, the, you know, everything. But my home kit can just you know, turn on a couple of lights. and
0: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, that makes me sad because I feel like it's Apple has, I, in my opinion, they have lost the war on the smart assistant. Like Siri is just not Alexa. Siri isn't yeah. Google, like Google assistant. Like,
1: you're starting or. to see like little devices to put Alexa in your car. Yeah. But I'm wondering how that would work because I don't have internet. And then what would I use her for in the car? But then I started thinking I, I could use it for a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, you use it for a lot of things, as for like making phone calls and, and transferring things and texting people. You just tell her to do things. But I feel like my phone has Siri built in, so it, the experience would be faster than trying to go through this third party device that piggybacks off my phone.
2: I think Teslas have well, they have LTE and just data yeah. built in, mm. um, and they I believe they have um, Alexa capabilities. Really? Pretty sure, yeah. Okay,
1: Megan, we need, in this order, new microphone, new headphones, <laughs> a Tesla, and what was the other thing that we needed? Oh, smart blinds. Yeah, smart <laughs> this blinds. This going to be an expensive month.
0: This is going to be an expensive month. Yes, for sure. <laughs>
1: and on the iPad Pro
0: 11. Yeah, and the iPad Pro 11. You're not wrong. Yeah. But the reason why I brought up Siri is just because we've already seen them lose right there, and I feel like they're starting to lose in home automation. I feel like they already have in a lot of ways. It just hasn't been their focus you know but i would like for them to you know sharpen up a little bit and start innovating in that area
1: i i think alexa's it i I think, I think it is you can get some type of software to simulate or emulate all of those devices that you have that are homekit only which i don't have any yet and make them you know bridge them over to alexa but what i did find is when i ask alexa to turn off a light she's slower than if i ask siri to turn off a light with the same system interesting
0: that's very interesting. I wonder why that is.
1: Yeah. I think the uh, Siri one is staying in the house and the Alexa one's going to the server and back. Yeah. All right, Austin. We ask a lot of people this when they come on. What is your, your go-to photo storage system? Are you storing it in the cloud? Are you storing it locally? Are you keeping raw copies of everything? Do you just do you keep just JPEGs? What is your, as an artist, as a um, someone who cares about the media, medium, media? Me both. The digital media. What do you use?
2: Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, it is a little bit more interesting than I originally thought. So I use uh, three separate forms of storage.
1: <laughs> okay, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so it, dep- it kind of depends on where I am and, and how important the information is. Um, so-, so it does vary, and I think that's a pretty important thing for people to think about. But um, primarily, I have external hard drives, uh, normally SSD, and multiple of them. You want more than one backup. Always, no matter what. Um, what's even more important that you know if you're if you're dealing with clientele and and a lot of data, um, RAID storage becomes extremely important. RAID is essentially a storage system in which you have built-in backups. So, you might have a sixteen terabyte uh, RAID storage system that's everything stored in RAID four, which means the sixteen gigs would be split across four different drives. One of them would be partitioned specifically as a backup drive. So if one fails, all of that information gets copied into, you know, into a backup. And you essentially have three backups built into one. It's really nice. That's that's kind of the purpose of RAID. So that's that's storage number two. Storage number three is always have something in the cloud. Whether that's your low res, your high res, your, uh, your raw, every, whatever you want to do, have at least something in Dropbox or Google or... Even Apple has. Yeah, Good.
1: You mentioned it earlier that you, you use RAID, but you're using an iPad Pro. How do you connect your RAID to your
2: iPad? Ah, uh, see, right now my only RAID solution is what I have at work for okay. when I'm running. I'll, I'll do film shoots where I have like two and a half terabytes of data in like a half a day. Okay. It's kind of ridiculous. So I'll, okay. I do RAID there, and that's through my iMac Pro.
1: Oh, okay. Another computer we just introduced into the setup you got the, the gaming no. computer, the iPad, and then iMac Pro. What sorry, what's that? You have three computers now, yes, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And um, I do want to say I have worked with RAID, I actually do believe I have an air 8, eight terabyte system that is USB C. Okay, oh wow, and you okay. really you can it, it operates the same exact way. Okay, you can run it via iPad, so
1: just plug it into the iPad and you can see it there. Okay, mm-hmm. all right and then what cloud what's your favorite cloud photo storage system
2: uh it's a tie either between dropbox cuz you you know you get a terabyte right off the bat or um you know apple's system is pretty cheap okay being able to you know pay for their their backups and things and you know i i keep things on my phone i keep things on my ipad and and i tend to keep things separate and it works really well yeah,
0: yeah. that's all what storage. i do mm-hmm. i i love icloud photos yeah nice yeah okay that's all i got Cool. Let's do do our picks of the week. Yeah, let's do it. Shane? I want to talk about light bulbs. Let's go. Um,
1: So I mentioned them earlier. I ordered a two-pack for $22, and I love them. I'm going to order several more two-packs. I would like to read out the full name of the product on Amazon because it's ridiculously long, and I think it's funny. It is the, the Legolite... It's the LED Wi-Fi smart light bulb E26 Wi-Fi light bulb compatible with Alexa, Google Home, and IFTTT. RGB CW color changing, cool white and warm white, dimmable. No hub required. A 1960 watt equivalent. Two pack. That is crazy, but they are so easy to use. To to pair them, I just turn the light switch on. Or I plug them in. I turn the light on on and off two or three times in a row, and it started blinking. And then I opened up the app and it found it. And then I had my my two-year-old come in and, and there was a color wheel on the phone. And she could just touch any part of the color wheel and it would change the light to that color. And then we could hook it up to Alexa and we can have her change the brightness. We can have her change the color. We can have her do all kinds of cool stuff. And it's just really fun. And they're cheap, like $10 each. And they didn't run hot. My next fear was if I have them enclosed in some type of light fixture, would it get too hot and would they fry? And so far, they've been pretty good.
0: Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, my pick of the week is, in a way, a continuation of one of my older picks. I recommended an app called Lasting. Um, Also, I don't know if you've heard of Lasting, Mm -hmm. but it is a... It's not really a marriage counselor in an app, but it is a companion. It's supposed to be one of those things where it's like, you have uh, it on your phone, she has it on hers, and you kind of go through tracks, go through topics together. You know, Um, and one of our topics was arguments that are never really resolved where it's like you have an opinion on one thing. She has an opinion on the other and there really isn't that much of a compromise. It's like this is always it's a reoccurring issue. Hold
1: hold on a second. So she she has an opinion on something and you have a differing opinion on something. Yes. And you think that you're going to win in this? No, I really don't. Keep going. That's what this is what my app does. (laughs) It fixes
0: this. Okay, but it's a reoccurring problem. You know, it's not one where I necessarily disagree with her, but it continues to become a thing, right? For some couples, it's finance. For me and Jenny, it's keeping the house clean sometimes. Okay. It's mostly my fault. Okay. So, I realized that my problem is I don't, I just don't think about it. Okay. uh, It's not something I think about. So, I found an app called Homie. (laughs) And what Homie does is it allows you to delegate chores to either one of the, you know, person in the relationship. So, and it gives you reminders. They'll give you location. It also has a point system. And okay. It's it's really nice. So you're not, you're not nagging the other person. It's now the
1: computer's nagging you. Exactly. So it's
0: the computer's fault, not the other person in the relationship. Exactly. Got so it. the com- the computer is telling me, hey, you need to go and check the dishes. Make sure that they're washed. So that way Jenny's not doing it and constantly doing it and maybe I, you know, develop negative feelings or she develops negative feelings against me because it's my phone telling me you need to go and do this thing. Got it. You know? Um, So it's, it's a really cool app. It also extends beyond just couples. You can eventually, you know, bring kids into it and, you know, maybe have like an allowance tracker, you know, show them that they are earning their allowance because they checked off chores on a list.
1: To make this like 10 times more powerful for me, if it disabled the internet until I did the chore, Ooh. that would just be it. Like I would just have to, I would uninstall the app basically. Yeah. That's evil. Yeah. Don't,
2: don't know. Someone's going to take that idea and build it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Austin. Yeah. So you guys asked me this question earlier and I thought about it. And originally I was going to, I was going to choose the pod mic as my pick of the week. And the more I think I've been thinking about it over the past hour and, um, while the pod mic is great for us, and you know we like technology and we like all of the all the cool things that come with it um you know, I think I spent something like twelve hundred dollars or more on this whole setup, and that's not always conducive to people's uh, you know environments or their their financial positions and everything and um, The more I think about it, the more I want to actually suggest the blue yeti really. Have either of you actually, have you suggested that as your pick of the week?
1: I don't. I don't think we have. I think I did the first week I got it. <laughs> <laughs> on oh, the <laughs> like <no>. episode two. <laughs> it's all good. It's I can all pick good. another. No no no, 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 no. I want okay, to Okay, well, well let,
2: here's my pitch. For $100, you get this uh, rich-sounding condenser microphone uh, that records via USB. And the reason why I suggest this to people, because I've, I've suggested it outside of this podcast, is you know, a tool is great when it gives people access, um, to their ideas, right? You know, so you, say you want to be a streamer, plug this in. Um, so you want to record music, you know, I've pulled out my guitar and, and it, it does the job. If you want to record a podcast and it might not be quite as nice as these podcasts uh, or these pod mics, but, um, it does, it does make it easier to just create things and to, to have an idea and then just go do it. So that's, that's my suggestion this week. That's the, awesome. The
1: Blue Yeti. Cool. I like it. I also like the fact that you can go get it at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. So if you need, you know, if you have someone coming on the podcast and you, you need to get them a mic quick, you can just go get it. Whereas yeah. these pod mics, I will have to special order.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or find a guitar center or something like yeah. that because it's definitely more of like professional grade gear. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. So two things before we, uh, we, we call it quits for the night. Um, I wanted to thank my little sister. My little sister, Katie Jane. Aww. reason why? She is a dedicated listener of the show. Aww. <laughs> and uh, I know that she's going to hear this and be incredibly happy. So thanks, Katie. And uh, Austin, I wanted to give you a chance to, to plug your new venture.
2: Oh, uh, okay. I'm starting a podcast. It's called the Side Stories Podcast, uh, in which I am interviewing creatives and all sorts of people who are doing things that I think are just uh, worth talking about you know you and i we started a business together a couple of years ago and we called it novel and the reason why is because we wanted to make sure that the work we were doing was was worth sharing yeah that's what that word means is it's, it's worth talking about um and so I, I i'm going to be sitting with people um you know actors music producers uh, and people who are doing I, I won't spoil it but people who are doing things that are um just really impressive really meaningful especially to me um and recording conversations that I think are very engaging and worth listening to. So be on the lookout. Hasn't yeah. uh, released yet. Record the first episode, March 20th, but side stories podcast. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at side stories pod. That's it. Dot I'm com. Also, dot com but that's <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: Thanks for letting me plug. Yeah. Anytime, man. Shane, do you want to plug anything?
1: Um, no, I would love to plug in my Apple watch, but, uh,
0: I still don't know where that thing is. <laughs> and you can find me at, at TJ Dev on Twitter, and uh, podcasting is still hard. It was easier now with Austin, actually, but,
1: yeah, podcasting, podcasting yeah, it was, is hard. Yeah, it was easier, but it, it still has its quirks. Good night, man. Good night. Good night. Are we going to get uh, food after this? Yeah, you want to go IOP? Yeah, I do. I want some bacon and sausage and yeah, eggs. Yeah, boy.